If you have your Bibles tonight, uh, I'd like you to turn to the book of Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1. And the Lord uh, has been working in my heart uh, this afternoon and this evening about uh, this passage of Scripture. We'll read a couple verses and then just give you what God uh, has placed on our mind and on our heart tonight. Um, Isaiah chapter 1, and then in the other hand, if you would turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we may never make it to 1 Peter chapter 4, but in case we do, you have that ready to go, and we'll take just a few minutes if the Lord uh, will help us and uh, just deliver what God has given us. Father, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for the precious blood uh, that you shed on Calvary. Lord, I'm not sufficient of myself, uh, Lord, in any way tonight, and God, I need your help. I need, Lord, your touch and Father, all is vain. Lord, if you don't help, Lord, if you don't add a blessing to your word, if you don't give me, Lord, unction to preach. Father, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me where I failed you. I ask you to help me, Lord, to be a clean vessel, uh, sanctified, set apart, meet for your use. Lord, I pray that you deliver me, Lord, from a desire, oh God, to preach, Lord, for uh, self-promotion or any other reason, but that I'd preach, Father, oh God, with a desire that the Lord Jesus Christ would receive all the glory and the honor, Lord, that your people would get help tonight. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me, Lord, give me wisdom and I'll do everything Lord I can to give you the glory in Jesus name amen and amen Isaiah chapter 1 Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 4 Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 4 if you want to stand up for the reverence of the reading the word of God it'll be just a couple verses of scripture and then you can go ahead and be seated Uh, God said in the fourth verse of Isaiah chapter 1 all a sinful nation a people laden with iniquity A seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate, is overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. We should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. You can go ahead and be seated uh, this afternoon. And uh, the Lord began to work in my heart in just thinking uh, about these verses of Scripture today. And, uh, and really what got me troubled in my heart just, and you know, I, I believe I'm surely not uh, the only one that feels this way. But if you, if you looked at any news yesterday, and really you'll have a lot better walk with the Lord and live in a whole lot more victory if you just don't look at the news. Amen. Uh, but for just one minute, we've been in meeting all past week. 
week and, and really uh, hardly hadn't any time uh, to look at anything. And I just pulled my phone up and looked at it for maybe two or three minutes and, I mean, just put it back away. And, and the, front, uh, the front page news story was that how our new Secretary of State the United States had ordered uh, the sodomite pride flag to be flown over every United States embassy in the world. And he ordered that this past week. And, uh, and preacher, I mean, that's an abomination in the sight of God. And, and we believe that tonight. And, and we can say that. There's no hate in our heart. There's no anger in our heart. But God is grieved for that to happen in a nation that was founded on the principles of the Word of God. And I sat down at my computer last night to go ahead and take care of some uh, bank work. And I pulled up, my, I pulled up my, the, the, the program there on the, on the web browser. And um, I bank with regions. And I thank God for Regions Bank. Uh, there are a lot of places down here down in the south and I went in there to go to my bill pay. Now listen, I, I'm not talking about an ad on the side of the browser. I'm not talking about uh, something uh, that was just kind of on the outskirts, but this is part of the Regions website. And I'm in my bill pay trying to pay my bills and uh, if you get down to the bottom of the bill pay, there is a, a rainbow flag at the bottom of the bill pay and it says click here to see more stories how pride prevails. And preacher, I'm, I'm telling I was just broken in heart about that and, uh, and it ought to break our heart and I thought to myself Lord where has things gone to what has it come to and, uh, and it just it, it's troubling and I sat down on the front porch this afternoon had to make a purchase on Amazon and pulled up the Amazon app and, uh, and when you pull up the Amazon app and you scroll down and I mean I'm talking about on the front page of the Amazon app there's four pictures of sodomite lesbian and, and transgender people and it says help us celebrate pride on the Amazon app on the front page and, uh, and I got to thinking about this and, I got, and the Lord began to work in my heart about what can we do and I got to thinking about God's message uh, to the nation of Israel through the prophet Isaiah and, and you know a lot of times the statement can be made it's never been as bad as it is now and I understand that morally speaking our country has never been as bad as it is now but in general dear friend the sin and wickedness that we are facing as a country today is no new sin the ungodliness on every side has always been the end result of God allowing a nation to be turned over to a reprobate mind if you read Romans chapter 1 there were people that hated God to the point where God turned them over and if God can turn an individual over to a place of, of no return you better mark it down, God can turn a nation over to a place of no return. And I promise you the answer to the problem today is not in another political party. The answer to the problem today is not getting somebody else in the White House or having another senator elected or getting more involved in your local politics. I believe in being involved but that is not the answer to the problem of our country and of the world today. Dear friend, if these individuals uh, black, white, red, yellow it doesn't matter what color they are it doesn't matter what nationality they are it doesn't matter what level of sin that they are involved in oh, but if they could be given the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ it would make all the difference in the world and that is the answer for the problem oh my, that our country is in today, we don't need another bill passed in Congress, we don't need dear friend another amendment to the Constitution we need sinners 
years to get saved and born again. And it make all the difference. But I got to thinking about Isaiah chapter 1 preacher and, and God had this message to the nation of Israel and where the nation of Israel is in Isaiah chapter 1 is exactly where the United States of America is tonight. We're in the same place. We're in the same condition and dear friend God has not changed his mind. Judgment is coming. The Bible said in the first verse we read in verse Verse 4, God said, Ah, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. Are we not living in a day? A people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. We're talking about a whole generation. We're talking about young people that don't know anything else but perversion and ungodliness and wickedness. It's just second hand. It's second nature to them. They don't know there's anything else. They don't know there was a time when our country loved God. They don't know there was a time when righteousness prevailed. They don't know what the Word of God says about these things. A seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors. Look what they've done. They've forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. And God said, they have gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more. And the whole head is sick. And the whole heart faint. Aren't we living in a day, oh my, where people have a sick head. We are living in a day where the mind has been corrupted dear friend. And God said why should you be stricken anymore? You know that judgment is a type and a way for God to manifest his mercy. But there is a time when a group of people come to a place where God said I'm backing off. I'm not going to bring chastisement anymore. I'm getting ready to turn you over to your wicked way. Oh my, listen, now God would be right. Remember the Gilreath, we're talking about this before service, but God would be just and God would be right and He would be holy to bring such judgment on our country tonight, the likes of which we've never seen. For the American flag to not fly over our country when we wake up in the morning, God would be right and just and holy to allow that to happen because of the wickedness of our country. He would be. But dear friend, there's a time when God steps back Oh my, and when he takes his hand of protection, when he takes his hand of chastisement, when he takes his hand of provision off of a group of people or a nation or a country, and dear friend, those people will destruct themselves in self-destruction. And that is what happened to Israel. Brother Gilead, God stepped back and he said, I'm just not going to deal with you anymore. And it didn't take long for Israel to be in a condition of God stepping back and saying, I'm done with you. I'm not dealing with you anymore. I'm not working in you anymore. And Israel, dear friend, was carried away to Babylonian captivity and nothing left but ruins and rubble and ashes. That's all. I mean, I mean, Brother I mean, God would be righteous and he would be right to bring judgment on America, but he doesn't even have to do that. If he just steps back, dear friend, the decay we've seen in our country in just the past couple months, it ought to break our heart. It ought to burden our heart. I tell you, if you want to know what God has to say about this matter, you can turn over to Isaiah chapter 3 at verse 9. God said, The show of their countenance doth witness against them. We're reading Isaiah chapter 3. And verse 9, Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 9. 
God said the show of their countenance does witness against them. And they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Now you know what's amazing? You can turn over to chapter 16. We won't do it for time's sake tonight. But as God began to expound upon what the sin of Sodom was, it wasn't even necessarily the greatest sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, dear friend, it wasn't the acts of wickedness. And they were wicked. Their sin was great. But that wasn't the greatest. You read chapter 16 of the book of Isaiah. And God said that the sin of Sodom was pride. It was pride. The sin of Sodom was pride. Idleness and fullness of bread. And it's amazing how the movement of immorality in our country has progressed in just the past couple years from something that wasn't talked about very much to something that is promoted everywhere you look to something, dear friend, uh, that is broadcast to something, uh, dear friend, uh, that is pushed in your face everywhere you go. And it's the exact same issue that Sodom and Gomorrah had all those years ago. But listen what God said. We're not done, we're not done reading yet. It's a pretty, pretty dark in a, in a dismal way. Uh, normally Wednesday night, I understand we're trying to get an extra shot in the arm to get us through the rest of the week for the glory of God. But listen, we're not done yet, okay? You hold in there. God said your country is desolate. And it is. He said your cities are burned with fire. And they are. He said your land is devoured by strangers. And it is. Oh my. Verse 8 he said the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard. As a lodge in a garden of cucumbers. He said it's as a besieged city. But I like verse 9. God said, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Oh, give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Saith, Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. God said, to what purpose is this sacrifice? But God said, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. Oh, my. Now, you know why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. We know that. Abraham, oh, how he had besought God if he would just find a small amount of righteous in that city. And he'd worked his way all the way down in increments. But dear friend, Lot had been sucked in to the ungodly system of his day. You think about that just man dwelling among those ungodly inhabitants. You, you, you know, a lot of times we have the mindset, well... I know I shouldn't be going there, but I'm going to try to win them. Especially young people. It seems like my generation, it's the easiest excuse for going and doing what we want to do. And say, so, well, a preacher, I know that that's not a really good place to work. I know it's not. But, but it's a good job. 
and I'm going to be able to be a light and a witness. And, and preacher, I know that she is not saved, but I'm going to be able to win her to the Lord. And preacher, I know those folks that I hang with out after school down in my I know they're definitely not godly, but I'm going to be a light in a dark world. And, and normally if you find yourself making an excuse about hanging out with someone, that's probably not who you're supposed to be hanging out with. Oh my, and so <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah had such a hold on Lot and on his family, they didn't even, he couldn't even get his own family in. His sons-in-law, the people closest to him in Sodom and Gomorrah, he wasn't even able to win them. He wasn't even able to get them out of Sodom, let alone anybody else. And the days are dark, just like they were in Israel's days. The sin is great, just like it was in Sodom and Gomorrah's day. But dear friend, thank God there is still a remnant. I bless the Lord that there is still a remnant. There's still 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to the image of Baal. You better mark it down, dear friend. There is coming a day when you will be confronted with an ultimatum. You're either going to bow or you're going to burn. You're either going to go along with the system. You're either going to accept this ungodliness or you're going to be fired or you're going to be fined or you're going to be made fun of. You are going to face dear friend things that Daniel and that the three Hebrew children faced in those books and in those days of Babylonian captivity a dear friend of mine up in Milwaukee Wisconsin we were on the phone the other week he's been a manager at the local Walmart up there for 17 years a security manager in Walmart for over 17 years he's the highest one of the highest positions in that local branch in that Walmart and he's made his whole life career good brother sold out to God two months ago he got a he got a um, corporate email from the CEO of Walmart now this is not an email that goes out to the news media this is not an email that goes out to even the regular employees but this is an email that goes out to the top managers in Walmart this email, dear friend, contained a whole list of things that as an employee of Walmart, he was supposed to do to start promoting this ungodly and wicked and vile and unrighteous lifestyle and all kind of other things, not just in the workplace, on his own personal social media and on every platform available. I'm talking about from the CEO of Walmart to their employees in a manager position. And the CEO ended the email by saying this, if you don't like the way our, our, our company is heading, go ahead now and turn in your resignation because we don't want you working for our company. You better mark it down, friend. There is going to be some decisions that are going to have to be made. There is going to have to be some choices to be made. And the question tonight, dear friend, is not what's going to happen in the future. We know what's going to happen in the future. Dear friend, every song tonight was about heaven. And I'm looking forward to going. The darker this world gets, heaven is looking better and better every day. The question is not what's going to happen in the future. The question is what are the righteous remnant going to do while we are waiting what are we going to do? The remnant in Sodom didn't do anything. Oh, dear friend, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we just going to sit back and say, well, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just the world we're living in. God hasn't called us to be mean. God hasn't called us to be ugly. No, he hasn't, dear friend. God hasn't called us to stand on any street corner with any sign that says we hate anybody. 
Amen. Mark that down, friend. God has not called us, to, but God has called us to take a stand. God has called us to preach the gospel. God has called us to be the salt of the earth. God has said that a city that is set on a hill, that light cannot be hid. And dear friend, God has not asked us to put our candle under a bushel. God hasn't called us and asked us to be closet Christians. But God has asked us and commanded us to be bold and dear friend, to proclaim the word of God and to take a stand preaching the truth in love. Now listen, ask that question, how in the world are we supposed to be any type of a remnant? For God told you to turn to 1 Peter. We're going to read two or three verses and we'll be done tonight if the Lord will help us. 1 Peter chapter 4. God is giving instruction to believers on how to stand in the last days. God has given us instruction how to be that righteous remnant for the glory of God. And this is what he said. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 3. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, reveling, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Ain't that amazing? I mean, you're not the one that's tearing the town up. You're not the one that's overdosing on drugs. We're not the one that's getting pulled over for drunk driving. But yet they're speaking evil of you. And God said that they're going to do that. Just go ahead and expect it. I mean, don't be surprised when it happens. God said they're going to give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. He said, For this cause was the gospel preached also them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But look at verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. And we can give, I mean, hearty amen to that verse. The end of all things is at hand. Look what God said. Be ye therefore sober. And watch unto prayer. And above all, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. Here's why. That God in all things might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Don't think it's strange. Oh my. Think it not strange concerning that fiery trial, as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, we may be glad with exceeding joy. Oh dear friend, if you want something, a dear friend to give you a little word of encouragement tonight, if you want a reason to go on, if you want a reason to walk another mile, if you want a reason to take a stand for the glory of God, I want to be found with exceeding joy when the Lord returns. I want to be found standing. I want to be found faithful. I want to be found working. I want to be that vessel in the honor. And I know you do too. But the reason why we're standing in these last days, the reason why we're supposed to walk soberly, Watching the prayer. Have charity one to another. God help us, dear friend. It's not the time to be biting and devouring one another. It's not the time, dear friend, to be backbiting and sowing discord. It ain't the time, dear friend, to be causing division in the house of God. But we're supposed to be showing charity. And the reason why, the reason why 
I say hallelujah, is that God said right there, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. He said, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, he said, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Oh my. God said in verse 15, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a, bitty, as a busybody, and other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this behalf. Here's why. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? You can go back to the book of Ezekiel after service tonight and read through them first five, six, seven chapters of the book of Ezekiel. And the judgment that was coming to Israel was literally right around the corner. And God let Ezekiel kind of have a backstage view to what was getting ready to happen. God let Ezekiel see five men, five angels standing outside of Jerusalem. Brother Gilwith, God said they all had a slaughter weapon in their hand. Every one of them. And before they went through the streets of Jerusalem bringing judgment on that country and on that town and on that area, God pulled one of the five aside and gave him an inkhorn and told him to go through the streets of Jerusalem and to seek out those that sighed and those that cried over the abominations in the land. God sent that angel going through them streets and he wasn't looking, dear friend, for any outward type of religious show, but he was looking for those that were truly broken and burdened to the point of tears over the abominations in the land. And God sent that man, that angel with an inkhorn, and he put a mark on the foreheads of those that were sighing and those that were crying for what was happening. You might say, Brother Samuel, what in the world can we do? God made it real plain here. There's a whole lot of things we can be doing as far as our dedicated walk with the Lord. But dear friend, I promise you one thing. God hasn't called us to do anything, but God has called us to pray and to cry. And God didn't send them to the streets looking who was going to start a revolution. God didn't say, go find those that are stockpiling. And who knows, it may come to that. But let me tell you this, God didn't say, go find those that are getting ready to overthrow the king. God said, go find those that are sighing and crying and weeping over the abomination. It's easy to get riled up. Brother Terry, it's easy. I mean, personally, it's easy to get riled up about the condition of our country. I love America. I love my country. And I hate what's happening to it. But, but I'll tell you what God said to do. He said to go find those men that are weeping and crying. And, and I wonder when's the last time that we didn't get mad about what's happening in America. But we got broken about what's happening in America. Amen. I, I wonder when's the last time that we shed tears of brokenness and said, Oh God, 
It's so bad, I've never seen it this bad. Lord, we're in a mess. God, if you don't do something, nothing's going to be done. God, there's nothing we can do to change this. Lord, we've done everything we can, but God, I'm broken and I'm burdened. We can pray. Thank God we can preach. We keep on spreading the gospel for the glory of God. There may be a time when it is illegal. There may be a time very close around the corner when it is hate speech to simply preach a gospel message. Are we going to stop preaching it? No, we better not, dear friend. Oh, we better not. But are we weeping? Or are we just... I'm I'm preaching to Samuel Freed if I'm preaching to anybody. I don't want to just get... I, I don't want to get bitter. God has called us for this hour. Amen. I mean, we can talk about how things were all them years ago. And, 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 you know, they had battles years ago, just like we have battles today. But God hasn't called us for them years ago. God's called us for these years right now. And by the grace of God, I want to be faithful. I want to stand. I want to be part of the remnant. And I believe you all do too. And God help us in these last days to be bold for the glory of God. And to say, Lord, regardless of what happens, regardless of what they say, regardless of what takes place, by your grace, I'm going to stand right here on the word of God. I'm going to raise my family for the glory of God. I'm going to support my church. I'm going to stay faithful until you call me home.